This is Aaliyah S. King. everybody it's Aaliyah welcome to writing practice uh this episode is from October of 2019 it was sort of a turning point for me I'm in my own office for the first time in ever I'm taking on more projects than ever but I still have my creature comforts there's still some things that you're gonna find with me whether I'm one year into writing or 21 years in one of those things is gonna be my favorite pen. We all have our own favorite pen. Mine happens to be a Uniball. I, anytime I leave the house, I'm gonna have a bag of 20 color-coded Uniballs on my person. I have a chalkboard and I swipe out different quotes on this chalkboard to keep me motivated. It's the first thing I see when I open my eyes. Right now, it's a quote from James Baldwin and it says, your crown has already been bought and paid for. All you need to do is put it on. The first time I saw that quote, I just froze in place. Um, I like crowns because my last name is King, obviously. So the idea that James and all of his forebearers and forefathers already bought my crown for me and I don't have to do anything but put it on just makes me wake up and know I can do anything. See, I am woo-woo. Uh, so this episode talks about writing your life story, asking for forgiveness and not permission and at the end, I tell everybody, you need to read a fuck ton of memoirs if you want to write a memoir. That's it. Writing practice. Enjoy. Okay, so let's get started. We have a lot to talk about, and um, I'm excited. I'm really excited. I posted on Facebook earlier. So um, I do have to have a hair talk quickly. If I'm going to be online with all of you for an hour, I need you to suspend belief or disbelief or however that expression goes. I'm not feeling the hair today at all. Just one of those days. Caught in the rain. Still trying to figure out this whole straight hair life. Um, so just pretend like, you know, pretend like you don't see this. I am loving the red lip. I discovered that my partner can pick out the right lip color for me to wear. I don't know how I feel about that yet, but we're gonna go with it for now. He did a good job. Um, but the hair, eh, and the sweater, eh. I'm feeling very rainy day. I gave you guys three options. One, organization. How do you stay organized? And I would share with you my tips and my products for how I stay organized. Two, how to start writing about your life and if you should start writing about your life. And three, what was three? Ah, how to know when you need to take a break from writing or trying to write. Um, very few threes, all ones and twos, all ones and twos. So I'm gonna go with it and I'm going to uh, just stick with the ones and twos and maybe do a little five minutes on three. Um, let's get started. Okay, so I am a full-time writer. I'm saying this, but I, I figure that most people watching this know, but maybe not. I'm a full-time freelance writer. So through the course of the day, I'm going to write news stories for the web, uh, maybe a feature for a magazine. Maybe I'm working on a long form feature over several months. Um, and between that, I'm also working on books. 
usually one at a time right now two for some reason right now i'm on contract with a website to do x amount of work for them every day for the next couple months so the next three months of my life are more booked than hmm, probably 2010 was the last time i was quite this busy and in 2010 i dropped two books two weeks apart and went on tour and still had a full-time freelance life and all kinds of nonsense with a two-year-old so it was pretty crazy um this is the only this is about that level almost except i'm doing a little bit better so i think the nexus of my organization comes from my schedule if i don't know where i'm supposed to be or what i'm supposed to do um it's all for nothing that that it starts there so i've been trying to over the past two years or so be very very aggressive about keeping a calendar and i'd like to know how you guys keep a calendar are you digital are you paper are you a combination of both um if i don't know what i'm supposed to do uh when i wake up or how i can make a plan it's not it's not a good thing so i will say that i read a story recently um about i think i talked about this last week didn't i talk about the index cards last week yes yeah so sometimes i can get up caught up in productivity porn which is you get a little carried away with productivity when you should just kind of stay in the pocket and use what works for you okay so the first thing that is the cornerstone is my planner which is way too big so funny story about this planner um i don't know where this comes from the happy planner okay this is the happy planner and it's pink and it says hustle on it and it's very girly very feminine should i say and i like it but it's kind of bulky so a few months ago i decided to take my planner out of it and just you know not use the cover because it's just so much bigger and more takes more time to put things away so it sat around my apartment forever and then finally i decided it just has to go in the trash i'm never going to use this again this is a mess instead it ended up in the lobby of my building on this little table where you can put stuff to give away for free like books and stuff and then what happened my daughter saw it and said oh there's mom's planner cover and she brought it back upstairs and gave it to me and i felt like that was a sign i could not escape from it so this is the hustle planner um inside is my actual planner now i'm going to show you something that good evening brother my brother has just joined the chat Altariq shabazz gunson um so this is my actual planner and i have been teased for what you're about to see in here and i don't care because it's necessary um so month by month you know the drill we are in october this is july so as you can see, July, well, as you will see, this is July. And yes, I am a cornball when it comes to my planner. First of all, I have bad eyes. I'm 46 years old. And if you saw the numbers that came with this planner, it's a joke. So yes, I go to Amazon and I buy these little metallic stickers and I put those on. And then I buy these large numerals to put on top of the stickers. Because when I, voice of God, just shut up. Just shut your face, because I know you have jokes about my big numbers on my planner. You can get that as well. 
Well, still, you don't you remember when I saw you laughed? I didn't laugh at the numbers. You did. You did. You laughed at the numbers. You were like, oh my god, I can't believe you put numbers on top of that. The numbers were things that it actually made sense. Uh, where are we? October. I mean, I'm not really trying to have y'all. So as you can see, October looks a lot different than July. There's a lot more going on. It almost looks like scribble scrabble. And yes, my planner is color coordinated. Yes, that is true. And I will not make any apologies for my color coded planner because I need to look at it. So green is money coming in or coming out. If I have a bill due, it's on there. If I have money coming in, it's on there. Pink is me. Anything dealing with my personal life. Purple is my daughter. Whatever. Whatever works for you. But I need that. Um, and black is freelance stuff. So that's important. Now, today is a very special day because it's time for me to do my November calendar because November is starting soon. And I already have stuff on here for November. We need to decorate this we need to put the big numbers on. Oh, you can see it. You can see it. Look, where are the numbers on this page? Somebody show me. Where are the numbers on here? You see that up there? How on earth am I supposed to see this tiny number? It's ridiculous. So they give you this, and instead, I have to make it bigger. That's what I have to do. So that's a fun time. I carry around a pouch of my favorite pen at all times. And I make no apologies for that either. I am all uniball all day in all colors and everything is color coded and I don't care. It makes me feel good and it makes me feel like I can sit down to write. So quite frankly, I will say that somehow sitting down to do something as messy and creative as writing does require me to have a sense of peacefulness with my schedule, you know? I mean, I know that, I mean, I have one kid and it's just me and her in a studio apartment, but that doesn't mean, I still have a lot of crap to stay on top of. So if it's time to create, I need to feel like things are taken care of, which is whatever. Um, so at the end of the month, I have to pull out my planner accessories and inside here are the big numbers, and some other things that I use when it's time to start at the top of the month. So that's my point. Um, another thing I will show you, although I can only show you briefly because it ain't none of your business, but I think it is important. Um, if you are a freelance writer, this was a game changer for me. Um, I've always been very feast or famine with money as a freelancer, always. And sometimes I don't even know, not anymore, but I used to not even know what was coming in. It would just be, let's hope there's something in the mailbox today because I'm broke. Or, oh, not broke, but I just got this check. I don't know how I ever did that. I don't live like that anymore. I know exactly what's coming in. I know exactly what's coming out. Yes. Um, but I kind of like, you know, that takes a lot of stress off of me to know that that's taken care of. So... I do that with a dry erase board. Oh, you see my crazy guy. Um, and on this dry erase board, if you'll take a look, it is categorized by the month. Um, starting over there with May, June, July, August, September, October, November, December. We're gonna put this now back now, crazy guy. Yes. Ah. 
So on that, with all those boxes there, I write down what I'm expecting to make in that month. So every time I get a payment, I put it in there for that particular month. Two good things about that. One, um, it kind of feels good. Even if the month wasn't that great, it feels good to be able to see it. Two, I learned different, um, different rhythms. For example, it wasn't until I started doing this in May that I was able to tell that by the 15th of every month, I'm done. By May 15th, whatever money is in my bank account, I'm not getting any more for the rest of May. That's just the way it works. So by the time May 15th comes around, it's not time to try to pitch stories. It's time to now think about July or June or whatever. Halfway through the month, I'm almost always sure of what I'm making for that particular month. So it's important as a freelancer to think more further um, ahead. So that's also important. Um, so please, please, please write down how much money you think you're going to make for the month and keep up with it. And then when you're done for the month, make yourself a nice, cute little, okay, you know what? Make yourself a nice little square and write down what you made. And then you know, and you can look over at six months worth this board is not about work. It's not about the stories I wrote. This is literally about money. And I made a goal to make a certain amount of money every month. Haven't hit it yet, but I will. I think probably this month. And it's largely because of this. It's because I made a decision to be more intentional about the type, the money I'm making. And ooh, Facebook, y'all just getting a nice clear look at all the coins. What are we looking at? Um, but it's helpful. Instagram is too, by the way. Instagram is too? Okay. <laughs> what are you going to do? Um, you know what, Waste of God? That's another discussion for another day. But one day I'm going to talk about hourly rates. And I want to discuss mine, frankly. Because mm -hmm. what could come out of that? So, nothing. I mean, also, it's a very quick conversation. Maybe. Um, okay. So, that's the money. So, I have my print count, my print planner. For, yes, that's exactly it. You're definitely manifesting. Manifesting is sort of a woo-woo idea, but I'm with that. I truly believe that you can manifest the things that you want. I believe that for sure. Um, yes, Vogue, VOG, Vogue, whatever his name is, he's with me all the way in more ways than one. Um, what's the guy's dope? So, so we have the paper planner. And then we have my digital calendar and it's really annoying to do both, but I have to, I set an alarm. Okay. So let me give you an example of a task. Someone calls me and says, hang on, how am I going to forget you? You're like the loyalist ever. Like you are the one I'm never going to forget. Are you kidding me? Plus I just saw you last week and I have your book. So stop being silly. Um, uh, VOG, who am I meeting with on Friday? Somebody. I don't remember who, but. Uh, am I your name? No, I just was kind you of have, thinking. You have two meetings on Friday. Yes, I have two meetings on Friday. 1 p.m. and 2.30. Yes, and a client at 11. My regular weekly client at 11. And then two people that I met through social media who I'm going to meet with in person are coming down to my office. One at, what you say? One o'clock and two thirty. One o'clock and two thirty. Um, and then I have a meeting at three 
for one of the places that I work for. So, hey, Deb. So the first, when VOG says, well, it's not VOG at that point. <laughs> when I'm told that I have an appointment at XYZ time, the first thing I do is put it in my phone, go to my calendar, so-and-so at one o'clock. I add the manager to that appointment and I set an alarm for it. I set an alarm for the day before and two hours before and an hour before because I'm very forgetful and I will, I will forget that. Then after I do that, I go to the planner, I pick it up and put it in the planner. Depending on what it is, it may also have to go in the year long dry erase calendar that I can't show you because it's on the opposite wall. I could show Instagram, but I can't show you Facebook, I'm sorry. So in addition to all of these planning devices I have, I also have a five foot, longer than five feet, six feet? Oh, oh, six feet. Six by what, four, five, six by five? Six by three. Six by three dry erase calendar um, that I use Sharpies or dry erase markers on. And it's literally mapped out from July 2019 to June 2020. So if it's something related to certain projects, like an event here at Third Space or one-on-one -on -one client that I might have or a podcast project I'm working on, it goes up there. And I love my dry erase calendar. It's actually a wet erase calendar to be more specific. Dry erase would, would, dry, would um, erase quickly. So I don't use dry, I use wet. Um, I think that we all, and I've said this a bazillion times, but I really think that looking at what you're doing from far away in a large format is super important. Uh, I just think that when you get up, I've said this so many times, but you need to walk into a room and see what you have going on in a large format. I can't see it right now because I just actually just moved into a different office and it's further away from me than it used to be. Can I do this on Instagram? No, I'm trying to turn, I don't care. But can I turn it around? Yeah. Oh, I see. So, um, sorry y'all, Facebook. I'll turn you around. So Instagram, this is my dry erase uh, calendar. It is monumental and I love it and I just always I can just walk in and look around and see what I have to do so that's October but the other beauty of this is that when the month is over I can look back and see everything that I've achieved and it's sort of amazing I kind of like seeing it um Facebook I'll show it to you later because I don't feel like turning the thing around Luis Luisito how are you? Um, so we have digital, we have paper, we have dry erase. Um, I think that's pretty much it. So then you get into paper products. And I know there's a couple of you that are paper fanatics like I am. Uh, I don't think I've ever said this before, but I am very, what's the PC way of saying anal about something? I don't think you say anal anymore. Oh, anal PC. Is it? Yeah, it's still PC. Okay, so my favorite place, 
for productivity items is the container store. The, can the container store is my happy place. Um, I love going there. Sometimes I go there just to look at things. And particular, that's better than anal. I'm kind of particular about my paper products. Um, these right here, I've been using for a very long time. They're very simple, but they make me happy. So inside this file cabinet, file box, um, are all of my one-on-one -on -one clients and whatever it is they're working on. So when they send me their work, I print it out, I staple it, but I do like a contrast. So I do black and white for the paint files here. You know you, come on out. Don't front. You know this is that hotness right there. And then inside the hanging file, we have separate folders that are also black and white. Pink and black and white are just everything. They're everything. Oh, you know what? I forgot something important. We'll come back to this. Um, inside my planner, um, on top of everything, maybe I do overdo it. So in the morning, I look at my planner and I see what I have to do. And I look and see what I finished from the day before. Hey, Robin. But inside my planner, I keep a notebook at all times. And it is also pink. It is velvet. It is one of my favorite things in the whole wide world. It's made by a company called Poppin, which actually makes all the furniture here at Third Space. 142 Lafayette Street, North New Jersey. Um, it's just pink and it's velvet and I have tons of these and I like to fill them up and then put them away and be able to go back and say, oh my gosh, look what was on my to-do list 15 years ago. Um, so I write a to-do list every day and then I just, um, here's my current to-do list. And then I just mark out as I get things done. I sometimes might skip a couple of days if I have so much things on it because it seems kind of silly to think I'm going to get through all that stuff. So sometimes I just have to be more um, slow down. Also, if I'm having a meeting, the meeting notes are going to always be inside the notebook with the to-do list. That only makes sense because then while I'm listening to things, I can put what they're talking about directly onto the to-do list instead of just this random list of nonsense from a meeting. So, oh gosh, I think I'm weird. No, I'm not weird, but I forgot about the to-do list that goes inside of the planner. You're right, Deb, office supplies are bad. So it needs to be pink and it needs to be velvet and it needs to be from popping. Um, the pens have to be uniball or I'll be sad. I have actually gone to meetings and not taking notes because I didn't have the right pen. I've just been mad. Like no such thing as like, we'll just take this pen. No. I'm just not taking any notes. Um, I also, uh, yeah, the to-do list is important. And sometimes I will type them up. Particular, not weird. This is thorough and genius, but seems heavy to carry around. It is so heavy. You are so right. This thing right here is like, it doesn't even make any sense. Nobody should be carrying this around. 
So I bought myself this beautiful black leather cold Han bag a couple Christmases ago, right? Partially because it was big enough to carry this around. And then my shoulder started hurting. And a couple weeks ago, I had to do a couple days ago, had to do the most awful thing and buy a backpack. I'm 46 years old and I'm walking around with a backpack. But guess what? It feels great. I'm never going back. My Kohan bag is no longer a work bag. It is a, I'm a look cute bag. Am I crazy about wearing a backpack? No, but it is what it is. Um, and I have all my spare, like the spare uniballs are on the side because I'm really like a sixth grader about my pants. Ask I, she's on here. Ask I what happens if you take a uniball pin and I didn't tell you to take one. Ask her. Mm-hmm. She'll tell you. I don't play that nonsense. Um, okay, back to the, this. So I think that this is used for more than just, I use it for my clients, but when I'm writing a book, sometimes it's, it's um, chapters. Um, I'm working on a children's book. I don't know, can I say that? I just said it. <laughs> and um, the outline for that is in here. Um, Shanita's in here, one of my clients, Lauren. She was here earlier. Here's Lauren's folder right here with all her rough drafts. Um, I think that, yes, Kohan is all the things. You get it, Cecily, you get it. It is thorough. It's important to me. And yes, I had to get the matching stapler too. Of course I did. There are other matching products in here, but I'm not gonna share because I don't want people judging me. Um, I think that things like this really matter. Like I'm a very visual person and I need to see things in a certain way. When I walk in here, I like looking at this pink box. It does something for me. The same way it does looking at my nails. Oh God, don't look at my nails. Please don't look at my nails. It's been a couple of weeks. Um, but it matters. It really, really matters. Um, I am so poor right now, y'all. I'm broke, broke, broke. It happens. I'm not, I shouldn't say that because I'm not, but it's a moment. However, today I found a random pen that belonged to my daughter who has been singing the praises of this pen. This really bootleg pen. It looks like a bootleg pen to me. And she's just writing, writing, writing. And I'm always like, ugh, ugh. So today I found it and I just did a little doodle and I was like, oh, hmm. it just felt nice. And then I wrote in my planner and it didn't bleed through or anything. So I went on Amazon to see how much they cost and they're a little pricey. And I was like, eat new pens. Eat new pens. I bought the pens. Um, it is what it is. I bought them in like 10 different colors and I don't, I'm not apologizing for that. It made me happy. And I think they're gonna make me very happy. Is that today they're coming or tomorrow? I think they might be. Um, so Deontay, I hope you're not mad at what I said, but, um, Yes, new pens. They were $15. No, I shouldn't be spending $15 on pens. I should not. But there's a lot of things I shouldn't be spending $15 on. Um, oh, what is it? Yeah, that makes sense. Oh, okay. Um, I don't have one here. Deontay, I'll get back to you. When they arrive, I'll post about them. Um, what's the guy that's saying I have to move on to question two? But I didn't even get to show you guys my stickers. Oh, and, oh, and I like stickers. Oh, 
question to you and you know I am. Or say so that recording later or so that the time you do that. No, it's in time. Can I have three more minutes? Sure, sure. Can I have three more minutes? Yes, ma'am. Okay. So I'm gonna let you in in on a big secret. I am like super into stickers. Like ever since I was a kid, I've always liked stickers. And I have this really bizarre, no, it's not bizarre. Anyway, I like to buy stickers that are a little bit unusual from Etsy, like not stuff you can find on Amazon. Like for example, there's this woman who makes these stickers, like adult stickers, and it'll say things like shitty meeting today. So this pink one right here says shitty meeting today. So sometimes I'll put them down when I know I have a shitty meeting. And then the yellow ones, payday, bitches. How do you not put that every day? You know you got money coming in. It's payday, bitches. Um, shit to remember. It's just fun. And when I look at my planner for the day and I see that it says payday, bitches, that makes me happy. It's just one small little bit oh i can look up the picture right the um pens right now because i can just go to amazon and see um my most recent orders right can i do that papermate flare is the pen 0.7 millimeter that seems to be important they're felt tip pen i don't know i don't know what it is about them but i'm all into them uh okay here we go Got it. So there's the link to the pen if you want to check it out. Um, so I like stickers and I think that it's okay to have small things that make you happy. It's all about the little tiny thing that makes this writing world of ours make sense. Now, I have been obsessed with paper and pens for as long as I can remember having them, you know? Like my whole life, that's what I've loved. Um, so it's no secret that I have a big ass planner with adult stickers and spend my last $15 on some freaking pens. Um, it is what it is, no apologies. Um, so tonight I have to set up my calendar for November and it'll make me happy. I just wanna make sure I didn't forget anything about organization. Um, oh, so the last thing I'll say about organization before we move on. I know, no, Deontay, you have to try this. You have to try this. I've never wanted to. Deontay on Instagram just said, oh no, felt tip pens give me the heebies. And I know that feeling. I know what you're talking about. But I'm telling you, this is different. I don't know how or why, but this pen is different. Um, my theory is that the things that you need to see, the things you need to work with, your files, your chapters, your whatever you're doing should be out. I have two file cabinets in my office that I use to store like creamy packets. I don't believe in filing things into file cabinets. They get lost, you forget about them. If you put something in a file cabinet and you haven't touched it in a week, you can probably just set it on fire. The things that are most important should be in front of you, either on your desk or on the wall or on a shelf you should be laying eyes on the important thing every single day. Whether you're gonna work on it or not, look at it. And y'all know what I'm talking about and you know how I feel about my index cards and all that. Look at the things that are important in a day. 
that's what my organization is, which is why I'm carrying around this 10 pound planner. Um, okay, let's move on to our second topic, which is, oh, right, writing about your life. Um, except I kind of, hmm. yes, Beyonce, file cabinets are for our archives and archives don't go into your workspace. Archives go into storage or they go into, if you're lucky enough to be able to stuff it under a bed somewhere, those things do not, archives are not where you create. You shouldn't have any archives where you create. Get that shit out of there and whatever. Half the time your archives don't even need to be around. Like you go back to it in a year and it's just crap. So I don't play that archives nonsense. Um, why isn't it in Google Drive? That's where it should be. Um, I don't know if I want to talk about that. So do I talk, do I continue talking about stickers and planners? Or do we continue to move on? We move on because there was a lot, there were a lot of folks who asked about this. So the next question was how to write a memoir, um, which I can dilute somewhat because I actually teach a class in that. Um, but specifically the topic was how do you start? And then how do you know if you should be at all? So I'm gonna give you some hard truths. The truth of the matter is, don't nobody want to read about your life story. I'm sorry, I said it. It is the rare person who has a story that is unique enough to be a published memoir on a shelf in Barnes and Noble. Um, there has to be some kind of twist. There has to be some kind of following. There has to be some kind of something for a publisher to want to publish your life story. So if you are asking me, how do I write my life story? Because you want to get an agent and a deal with the top six publishers or the big three or whatever, I don't have anything to share with you. Mm -mm. If you're telling me you need to write your story because you know that your story is important and you want to write your story for you, and if you get a deal, that's great, then we can start from there. Um, I couldn't, I think I would do a really great job writing my own memoir. Um, Honestly, I think I really could. I wouldn't because, no. Um, I did write a memoir. It was called Dear Summer. Uh, I finished it in 2008. It was, no, 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 earlier than that, in 2004. In 2004, um, my seven-year-old future stepdaughter came to stay with me and her dad. And we spent the summer together and it was just an electric summer of fun. Um, I was getting married to her dad. She was my maid of honor. We just had this whole summer. And then Jay-Z had a song out called Dear Summer. And I wrote a book about our experiences, you know, from that summer and then through the wedding and her becoming my official baby and all that good stuff. Um, didn't nobody want that memoir. My agent was like, you really want me to send this out? You know, she's like, it's well-written, but dot, dot, dot. And I was like, it's well-written, yes. And I got 11 rejections. Like, I also had never written a book before. 
Um, so a first timer getting a memoir published is like, you know, who are you? Like, who is this girl? Like, why do we care about her life? Um, so we have to start there. What are your, what are your goals? What do you think you're going to accomplish with this? And is your story one that is for the masses? Because even if it isn't, I still think you should do it. Um, I helped my dad write his memoirs before he passed away. It's never going to be at a bookstore. It's the project I'm most happy, you know, most um, proud of in my entire life. I came over to see him once a week for a summer and sat out on the front porch with him and talked and talked and talked and talked. Um, unfortunately, I wasn't able to complete the project before he passed, but it's still there. I still have his stories about his mamu and his papu in Houston, Texas in the 30s. Like, I have it. You can't tell me that it's not a good idea that I took on this project just because it might not ever see the light of day. So I think everyone's story is, is extremely important. Um, someone said a couple of weeks ago, we were talking about writing poetry. And this woman said, why should I bother writing a poetry book when no one really reads poetry? What's the point? And someone else in the comments said, maybe it's just to show the world that you lived that you were here. Maybe it's supposed to be the marginal league in the world. And I was just blown away by that because it's so true. Some of the things we create are not necessarily for social media or for Barnes & Noble even, or to go on a book tour even. Some of the things we create are done so that it can be known that we, we existed, we're here. So before you think about writing your life story, I want you to give some thought to why. Do you want to educate people? You just want to get the story down. Um, that's the first thing. Uh, after that, if you've made your decision that, yes, I'm going to write this for the right reasons, you have to kind of figure out, well, who else is in this piece? And I've talked about this before, about how do you know whether or not a story actually belongs to you? There's this writing instructor who often says, write whatever you want. If the people in your life didn't want to, didn't want you to write about them, they should have been nicer to you, or they should have treated you better. And every time I come across that quote, I'm always like, true, but then kind of not, because that's not really how it works in the real world. You know, I have stories in my life that involve other folks that I'm not going to ever be able to tell, even if I want to, because they're not just my story to tell. I think one of the biggest examples of that without going into too much detail would probably be my marriage. I was married for over a decade and we parted ways about four years ago. And I talked very openly about being divorced and we're still cool. We are raising our babies, well, one baby, the other is grown up and it's all good. There, you know, there's no beef. Uh, I write often about my life. I write about getting divorced. I write about being a single mom, even though I don't really feel like I'm a single mom. I write about all the things. I write about my new relationship that I'm in. What I probably will never write about is our divorce, you know? Or like, there's just parts of that story that are not mine, that are his. And I don't have, I don't think I have the right to, to tell parts of that story that belong to him. Um, Great example right now, just came on. 
Miss J. Ike, she's running with pins on Instagram. Uh, we met on social media a year, almost two years ago. Just drops in my inbox talking about we look alike. And I see her and I'm like, well, ain't this about a bitch? We do look alike. Um, and she's my twin. And there are things that I want to write about in our story that are not mine to tell. And I have to wait for her to catch up to me to say, I'm ready. Lots of things, actually. Most things that involve my relationship with her and how we've grown close over the past two years are not my story to tell. Um, so you have to decide for yourself, is everything in your story for you to tell? Because if not, there's some thought you should give to that. You should really give some thought to owning your story and making sure that you can tell your story without having to, um, I don't want to say, you don't ask for permission. That's not what you do. But what is that expression in Voice of God? It's easier to... Easier to ask for forgiveness than ask for permission. It is easier to ask for forgiveness than for permission. It is easier to ask for forgiveness than for permission. Sometimes I have to say lines like that over and over. And Voice of God said that to my mom. And she, I literally talked to her like three times since then. And she says, what's the line again? And he said, it's easy. And we're both like, ask for forgiveness than permission. So basically, don't ask people for permission. Just be prepared to ask for forgiveness if they don't like it. I think that applies to memoirs. It doesn't apply to children. So if my daughter is still on, don't apply that to me. Do not think it makes more sense to just get forgiveness from me instead of asking for permission because it don't apply. I think that's kind of dangerous though. Like in relationships, when is it easier to ask for does that quote mean it's just a fact or that's how you should live your life? It's a fact. Okay. Because I can think of so many instances where it's not okay. It's not a matter of ethics. It's just a matter of fact. Oh, yes, it yeah. is. It's always easier for people to ask for forgiveness than permission, for sure. And I think memoirs are part of that. You don't want to ask for permission. Like, you don't want to walk up to your mom and be like, can I talk about that time when XYZ happened? But if you don't and you just write about it, you have to be prepared to have to write your forgiveness. I'm pretty lucky in that any type of memoir-y stuff I've written only once maybe twice, three times, did I, was I asked about it? Um, like, can this be taken down or how could you, da, da, da. And for 20 years of writing to get that only three times, pretty good. As a matter of fact, one of those times was an incident that I had with my then husband about uh, an outfit I wore. And I wrote the post on my blog without asking his permission and kind of thinking, eh, he never reads my blog anyway. That one got to him and he read it and he asked me to take it down. And I said, I'm not gonna do that. And then uh, I wrote about that. I wrote about his reaction to the post. So I just was in all kind of trouble with that one. And coincidentally, that post, uh, my blog is not active anymore, but that post remains the highest rated post from all of my years of blogging. It's called, Is My Husband the Boss of Me? So check that one out if you like. It's still up there. Pretty good story. Um, uh, well, not right now you can't, but later or something in the archives. 
I think there's a way to include other people in your story without betraying them or their trust. You just have to make the story about you. Deontay is right. I think that is very difficult to do. Not for a moment would I think that's an easy job. Uh, but you are right. Um, and Kimberly says she uses that quote at work when I'm about to order stuff on the business account. That's hilarious. Um, it's easier to ask for forgiveness than permission. That's, I like that. So let's talk about the mechanics of a memoir. Um, first step, I'm old school. I like part, I like paper. I know you can do all kinds of timelines, uh, but I start with paper. Um, I just print out a regular Google calendar that goes back as many years, you know, the time frame that you want your memoir to be and fill it in. Start with your birth, fill in all the important dates. When you start drying up, start to put in things you know happened. Put in 9-11, put in Easter 1977 when we got five feet of snow. Remember that voice of God? Oh no, you weren't born yet. Um, put in all the things, just put in whatever you want that will help you jog your memory about your life. Um, and then before you start writing, think about, remember that memoir is a memory. It's literally French for memory. So people get caught up thinking that it's an autobiography. Nobody here is writing an autobiography. Autobiographies are literally fact, 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 birth to death, like facts only. Memoir is a slice of your life. So think about a slice of your life that could be a memoir. We all have tiny slices of our lives that could be entire books. So don't think you have to write something about from kindergarten through college or from whatever. You can write a book about a single year of your life. You could write a book about just your four years in college and how you made it through at a PWI when you wanted to go to an HBCU. Um, there's a memoir out right now called my time amongst the whites. And I haven't read it yet, but my God, what an awesome title. I can't wait to dig into this book. Um, sounds like it's probably a memoir from a slice of life. Um, I'm trying to think of an example, uh, like if I had to write a memoir right now. Mm, of course, I can't think of anything right now, but maybe, I don't know. <laughs> yes, um, I could absolutely write a memoir about the last four months of my life for sure. So, okay, yeah. So here's an example. Um, about six months ago, March 15th, I could write a memoir of my life from March 15th until today because March 15th, um, I decided that a job I had wanted for months before that. Before you do that, I would recommend coming out live on IG or Netflix because you're about to write it. But then all these people are... Tell them that you're going to go right back and start again. Okay, so Instagram people, I have to start over and then come back again. So come back. Sorry, Facebook, I'll be right back. I'm trying to figure out how to do this. Camera. Oh, live. Yes. Checking connection. You're not live. I'm back. Um, 
So March 15th was a historic day. Deontay said, this is why I watch on both. And I made a huge decision about my life on March 15th. And from March 15th till now has been a shit show and a cornucopia and uh yeah and every possible facet of my life was turned upside down in the past four months and i could write a complete book about it complete um so think about a slice of your life that you'd like to extend um we all have those kinds of stories vog what would be your slice of your life that could be a memoir the last four months of your life? Last four months of my life. <laughs> divorce. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you can't just say divorce. We have to be like my specific. Divorce. No, like being homeless. The whole thing. There's a book. You got all the books. Yeah. Um, so think about it. Think about, you know. Mm, yeah. Think about a slice of your life that could make sense. And work on that instead of just trying to take on this whole, I'm going to write a story about my life. So what I notice a lot of times I get DMs or people want to talk to me about writing a book. They want to write a book about their entire life, like all of it, the entire life. And I'm like, you can't write a book about your entire life. That's just too much to take on. And who are you? Why do I want to read a book about your entire life? It's likely that you want to write a book about maybe some trials that you've been through. So let's go. Tell me the five trials of Jonathan Beaver or whatever the heck your name is. Tell me some. You can't tell me your whole life story. Uh, I want to see bits and pieces of what makes your life interesting and what makes you interesting. Not your entire life. Michelle Obama, I'll take your entire life. Barack, tell me your entire life. Voice of God, Aaliyah S. King, eh, pick a couple ones. Um, so structurally, start with a calendar where you can jot down important dates. But then more importantly, before you even make that move, decide for yourself, one, do I really need to write a memoir? Two, what are my goals? Am I trying to see this on bookstores or do I just need to have this for myself or both? And then three, um, what's the slice? Remember that a memoir is a memory. Hi, Ajay. Everybody follow Ajay the God. A-J-E-E the God. She's a photographer. She's having special and fall photographs for your little ones with the leaves and stuff and on a little bale of hay. She does all that. And I love her. Um, so think about all that. Think about all that. Last thing for memoir stuff, read a fuck ton of memoirs. I am always shocked at how many people want to write a book in a particular genre that they don't read like what are you doing how are you talking about some i'm gonna write this and you don't read the genre read it read it i'm guilty of this as well i'm writing a book in the fantasy genre even though i feel like it's science fiction but they keep telling me it's not because it's time travel and time travel is not science fiction because there's really no science to that fiction and it's got to be right Either way, I have read quite a bit of books in the genre, but I don't think it's been enough, but I'm doing my best. But memoirs, let's go. There's so many of them out there. Um, you should be able to find one that's at least somewhat similar to what it is that you're trying to do. Um, 
uh, whenever you start saying to me or anyone else that you have writer's block, it's time to take a break. Whenever you haven't done the thing for a month and you keep beating yourself up every day and saying, I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it, it's time to take a break. Um, if you are working and you're working so much on the thing that other things are being not taken care of, it's time to take a break. Um, as much as I'm grateful for all the work I have on my plate right now, it's definitely time for me to restructure because like my kid is like not like she's not even eating properly late to school where's my shoe like I can't live like that so I'm gonna have to restructure I need to end my day earlier I need to be more present with her before she goes to bed so we're ready in the morning um I can't just work until I fall asleep and I've been doing that and that's not okay so even I have to be conscious of that um, that I'm working on a new book. I always allow myself to just fall apart for the last two weeks until it's done. And that's a structured fallout, but I can't have an unstructured fallout, which is what's happening right now. So when you start feeling like, how come I can't do the thing? Maybe you're just not supposed to do it right now. That's totally fine. Don't do it. Just stop doing it, particularly writing, because beating yourself up about not writing doesn't help you start writing. It just makes it worse. Um, so I hope I've been helpful. I feel like I've just been talking on thought. Boys of God, was I helpful? Absolutely. You think so? Yes. Okay. Well, I will see you guys back here. Do I have any announcements today? Mm -mm. That's it. I will see you next week. Thank you all. As the great Wendy Williams would say, I love you for listening. Goodbye.